Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by my course, How to Get Started Being Freelancer. If you or someone you know is looking to get started being freelance, then you can learn from myself and the experience of over 250 guests right there, right when you need it most as you get started. Check out the course at beingfreelance.com. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for art director Erica Trey. One of my friends back home told me, Erica, you're here for holiday. You know, why don't you just take your time and just enjoy the time this in Korea, you know, with family and friends. I was thinking, do you know, no, I can't really relax. I like to see the potential and I've got limited time. I only want to work with clients who take my effort as a partnership. So there is Erica, her story coming up very soon indeed. Erica Trey, uh, although it's spelt in the English version, Choi, C-H-O-I. I say that in case you Google her, but also because it comes up like about, she says Erica Choi later on. So apparently Trey, or I hope I'm saying it the best I can, is how it should properly be pronounced from Korean. Uh, so yes, Erica coming up very soon indeed. I say in case you Google her, but of course, as with all of our guests, you can go to beingfreelance.com and find links through to everything they're up to right there. Over 250 guests featured right now uh, waiting for you. Actually, speaking of which, there's just this episode and then one more and then this season is done and I'm taking a summer break. Not that I'm disappearing entirely because as ever, I'll be hanging out in the Being Freelance community. Remember, you're not alone being freelance. Come join us for support and laughs, the non employee the week awards the live q a's and the book club uh, of which we're doing one very soon indeed it's not too late to join in though if you're listening to this as it goes out right let's crack on shall we hear from this week's guest from south korea art director and graphic designer erica trey hey erica hi thanks so much for doing this as ever how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance um you can get the big picture I was really bored at my full-time job that I stayed nearly seven years. Uh Um, It was an in-house role. Uh, I loved what they did. They were in an architectural planning sort of sector. But I kind of had enough. So I was sort of thinking about, okay, what should I do? I did a little bit of freelancing before that full-time job a while back in London. Um, so I was thinking maybe I could go back to freelancing and now I have more experience and I like to do more like other sort of broad side of graphic design, not only graphic design, like doing a more photography related and typography related. To be honest, I felt a little bit uh, doing the opposite um, being a freelancer at age nearly mid thirty. Uh, because most of people would, or f- like friends of mine, were doing freelancing when they're like um, early start of their career or midweight. Mm-hmm. And then they started thinking of settling somewhere uh, as a senior or director. Uh, but then I was creative lead at that um, company. And then, to be honest, I didn't really see anywhere that I like to work full time again. Um, so I didn't really have a choice um, in order to sustain my um, design career. 
yeah, so I wanted to take a punt, let's say, and for for like year or um, year and a half, um, see where I'm, you know, heading, just naturally, and then as soon as I registered a limited company in in the UK, and I started telling friends and colleagues that I'm gonna do this. One of very first clients of mine contacted. Well, uh, they are thinking of setting a business by leaving this company that we're working together and um, in a different profession. And so they wanted me to design their branding. So that was quite a um, kind of secret project because we all were still employed uh, <laughs> legally <laughs> legally by the company and uh yeah we, we like so we started planning um like a designing uh, brief together and then doing a branding using maybe a little bit of a existing facility that I was <laughs> um but overall I didn't really think much because as I said earlier I didn't really feel like I had a choice and so I prepared about four to five months, just, um, okay, what I'm going to do, uh, what should I do first and the next, but no plan how to run a business at all. In what way did you feel like you didn't have a choice? I was thinking, okay, well, I'm reaching mid-30 and I had almost nine to ten years experience in design industry uh, what else I haven't done um, I was thinking I haven't done a um, studio like a big big like a branding project also I haven't done my own commission work so okay I think it's time to tick those boxes and see you know what suits the best for me um, so I had a like a backup. Uh, if didn't if this didn't really work out, then I could go back to full time again. I see. So it felt so. It was really more like a creatively. You felt like you had no choice. If you wanted to do certain things, you weren't going to get them to do them in a job somewhere. Certainly not in your current job. So you needed to go out on your own. That's correct. Yeah. So obviously you've got that sneaky first job on the side, <laughs> but when you then did finally leave, did you have work lined up? Like what happened next? So I, as I said earlier, like I had a little bit of a freelance experience about six to eight months uh, before uh, getting the full-time job. Um, so I did that only through recruiters. Um, so my logic was quite simple. So I'll go back to them simply by dropping in emails and calls, hello, do you remember me? So I was just literally didn't really have a plan how to getting a commission work. First of all, I wanted to go freelance somewhere at the um, agencies or slightly smaller scale, like uh, organisations and teams. But that didn't really work out. Um, this my I registered like loads of different recruiters companies Somehow my phone wasn't really ringing as much as I thought, not as much as the past. Um, I think I was getting more busy, busier um, back then when I was like a junior or to meet somewhere between. 
Mm. So I started thinking, hang on a second, why my calendar is not booked or, you know, what, why are those bookings coming? And then kind of slowly, this is like a painful kind of point that I realized maybe I've got too much experience to hire me. Maybe there are more jobs available as a midweight or senior. And the world and the time changed like eight, nine years ago. Like there were like a digital jobs like uh, product design or UX, UI, but I never actually learned at the uni and then at my master's because I did um, visual communication and communication design in MA and interactive design and digital environment designs were in a separate subject, like completely different subject, not even part of my course. So I've realized, okay, my specialties are not as much as need in freelancing market. So, oh, okay. But I was keep trying, trying. Um, trying, trying, but through the recruiters. Yeah, through the recruiters. Mm-hmm. Then my experience in the architectural and planning and property sector was quite strong. So gladly, I had a couple of bookings through recruiters. So I got the couple of month um, bookings for the architectural practice that I was really adore to work with him because one of the amazing British architects. Um, so I was really thrilled that I, I got that. Um, so that's probably the very first, maybe after, uh, yeah, after quitting my full-time job. Then I did a little bit of a, like a little bit of a more branding for that um, startup company, like a additional work, setting up stationaries and a little bit of more consulting what they should do with this branding solution and so on then um but yeah that's how I got how I started and how about the way you were sort of like presenting yourself at that point like what were you calling yourself you mentioned registering a limited company before you went and left your job yeah um the the reason I went on limited company a lot of um Recruiters, of course, and include uh, my um, previous workplace. They all recommend me to go on limited. I didn't even think too much about it. I think, you know, uh, okay, I'm just going to set a company. And did you give yourself like a company name or did you go as Erica Trey? At that time, it was uh, January and then I was still employed uh, legally by the previous company. And I didn't really want to delay any second uh, by registering and getting ready to freelance so I just went on my um, full name which includes my legal Korean name Um, it's quite a common for Koreans and like other Asian friends who like creates their English name Mm. some of them don't but majority would have their English name because it's like less hassle so my name, Erica, has no power in a legal sense. <laughs> and plus, I know there is an amazing art director in New York, based in New York, called Erica Choi. Hmm. So I, ah. I, that would not really good if I called Erica Choi Limited. Like those two reasons. So I called Erica Yunuk Choi, which is Yunuk is my 
Korean name, and that's what my passport says. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so how that's that's why I just named Erica, you know, Choi Limited. I and, see, and so and then that comes across on your website as EYC. Yeah. Nice. Well, I like the story behind it as well. <laughs> just to put things in perspective, like how long ago are we talking that you left that job? So it was about two years and a few more months ago. How did things start to grow and pick up, would you say? Definitely after that first branding project, I started getting loads of like, good positive feedback it was a perfect project for me and for them as well because I know them in a professional um, environment so well and then also personally. And they really liked the um, typography skill that I had, which shines what I'm really, really good at in graphic design. That really brought me into kind of... Um, right spot okay what direction that I should go what projects that I should be working and um, getting it more commission like this I want to check actually because it sounded like you've been in London for quite some time because you're from South Korea so how how much time did you spend in London more than 10 years now I came here 2010 uh, September 28th that I'll never forget the, the, the date um, I came here to study uh, masters in the Ravensbourne. So obviously, you're, you're spread across, or you have experience and you have contacts in South Korea and in London. So I'm just wondering whether, in your business, you use that to your advantage, like leaning into those two markets, into those two cultures. I guess. Well, as I'm actually born in Korea and I am Korean, and I also had experience in Korea, as you've just said. So a lot of people would think it's actually easy to kind of have those two markets automatically. But actually, it wasn't that straightforward because um, I had most of my design career in London. And although I had a couple of years experience in Seoul in Korea. So when I'm thinking back then and then now, like where I am, of course, I like I had a bit of an advantage that I had an art direction experience in Korea. I'd say that wasn't really the experience that I'd like to carry on and focus. Um, So by the time I had a master's completed, I was really interested in sustainability and graphic design and branding and typography. Then my passion for architecture and urbanism kind of led meet uh, this um, structural engineering company as a full-time graphic designer. Um, so now I'm thinking my career was quite splitted, already was splitting, that I could um, see the journey. So after setting up my own company, I was just focusing one market, which is London and the UK. Um, so I didn't really have a think about having careers in like a potential market to me at very early. But um, just before the pandemic, I had a chance to travel back home 
So and then I wanted to have some freedom to go back home and um, enjoy my holiday as long as possible because uh, I'm not tied to the company, um, which you normally have a 23 or 25 days of um, holidays a year. And in theory, as a freelancer, you could just take as like a holiday as long as possible if you want. Um, so you know what? That's probably good to take a bit of a long break. So that was a few months after I launched my limited company. Um, and I went home and thinking, well, I didn't really have loads of job lined up in the UK. So I was thinking, you know, maybe let's just not limit myself uh, and then see whether I can kind of construct my um, network in Korea and see how they sees me and my experience or is any potential I just wanted to hear from them who were creative directors or senior designers and architects for example back in Korea so I contacted them like a cold emails or Instagram messages and surprising that I I, like a response rate was great like I was setting like a lot of uh, coffee chats and some of them I visited their studios or their workplace and then introduced myself and what I do, a bit of a work. I, it wasn't really an interview at all. It's just more of a conversation. And then their comments over my work and my experience was quite positive. So I was thinking, oh, do you know, maybe I could get some work done like here while I'm here. So I was doing it even more like uh, marketing myself while I was Korea. And one of my friends back home told me, they're like, Erica, you're here for holiday. That you worked remarkably long time in, in from London and you're, you're reaching your kind of 10th like uh, design career anniversaries. And, you know, why don't you just take your time and just enjoy time this in Korea, you know, with family and friends? I was thinking, do you know, no, I can't really relax. I I, I don't really have many jobs lined up. Back, like, uh, you know, if I go back to London, um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the potential. Um, and I've got limited time only in Korea, so I'd like to do this. So I met some people. Then one of the, one of the, um, my first Korean clients actually came from that, time that I when I was uh, marketing myself in, in, in Seoul for a very short period of time. So you do have a mix of clients across both countries? Yeah it wasn't really difficult that I that I really surprised. How about when it comes to like your portfolio and showing that work the two just sit next to each other? Yeah I think that I'll definitely balance it really obviously really well I think the languages and the cultures didn't really uh, matter to me when I curate my uh, portfolio and the website. I would focus more of um, the brief and the meanings, like a wise, like a reasons. So that is more important to me than mixing languages and cultures. I've quickly realized. My Korean clients cannot 
be or ideal Korean clients should be bilingual. And this is me just setting my own boundary uh, mm. um, how I should target a Korean audience who, who speaks at least two languages in English, of course, and then who's looking into their market more of a um, global scale. I'm, I'm not saying global scale as a, like a really huge or Amazon scale company, but just their target audience also should be similar to what I'm targeting in Korea. Mm. Otherwise, I would fell under, like I fell through that weird, risky area, whether you kind of, like you have easily burn out because Korean, Korean, uh, let's say, it's Korean markets are really demand demanding. Like, um, like a clients are like a pushing the designers really sometimes without much respect because they think that they're paying for someone to hire. Uh, so a lot of clients would think this is me having a power, so I can control uh, designers' time and everything the whole process. But I only want to work with clients who take this my um, my effort as a like a partnership. This goes same way in London markets to me, but especially in Korean market, I wanted to express that because I have ex- experienced in a really bad, let's say, um, influence from clients and. Also, I hear tons of other similar um, feedback from my designer friends. So that's what I need to watch out for, which is great limit, I think, to find out that kind of sweet spot in terms of like a audience and client. But that's the only way that I could work um, for Korean clients. That's really interesting. How do you go about, I guess, qualifying the people that you choose to work with on that basis, on the way that they will treat you? Do you have a way that you figured out to know who who's going to be uh, guilty of behaving that way? Or it is interesting. I normally ask their previous relationship with designers. You'll ask the client what their relationship is like, or you'll approach yeah. previous designers. Yeah, no, I ask them. I ask clients, um, what do they like about, what do they didn't like about, what they are obviously looking for from designer. Mm. Um, and if I, let's say, if I challenge them in a really nice way, um, why they want to do this and why not hiring someone based in Korea instead of like someone like me. So if you... I don't know, if I had a kind of casual conversation with them, it normally tells me like some signals. And Got it. if yeah. I yeah, if, if I see it's it's because of the language, um my first language is, is Korean. So the the tone of voice and the like a vocabulary choices and a lot of like a language kind of tells me those hints. Um, so it's helpful for me to kind of 
filter filter them and uh, kind of express myself who actually I am or what type of designers or what type of person I am in a hopefully it wasn't <laughs> um, offending way um, because that's the advantage of uh, my background I guess as a, as a Korean who speaks English as a second language. I love that I love the fact that you're choosing who you work with by um, I guess really sa- sounding them out <laughs> yeah communicating really carefully them. really carefully I mean um, that's the whole reason why I wanted to go um, freelance and work for clients I mean it the the money wasn't my main reason I wanted to set my boundary at the very beginning and that was a luxury when I was thinking about oh my god that would be great if I can choose um, clients to work with or at least I can target them that would be fantastic so when I kind of getting like a contact like a reaching out people in Korea or sometimes in the UK well I really carefully um, kind of pick up or, or make up those lists but however um, it's not really a quick solution it takes quite a long time and um, London is not that cheap place to survive so <laughs> it's 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 tough that's why I was still um, freelancing um, a little bit over here and then by using recruiter because it's a bit of a no-brainer for me. If I get booked uh, by recruiters, then it's easier for me getting paid by daily rate mm. or hour rate. So, um, But targeting two markets can be really tiring and time-consuming. It's uh, it's just hard to do even in, even in a one place. <laughs> but... Um, um, I'm just trying to be kind of over smart about um, how I can easily get a commission. <laughs> Let's say, um, uh, and sometimes working for an English environment, uh, it makes me quite um, like um, nervous, nervous and slightly overwhelming sometimes and loads of um, thoughts coming into my head and processing it while I'm talking. So it's really energy draining um, environment for me sometimes. So having freedom from those stress could be great. That's why kind of caring, like uh, marketing myself in both um Places. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, now, Erica, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? <laughs> well, first, graphic design was always my first choice, and second, I started calligraphy, uh, which is an Oriental calligraphy, due to overcome my mild ADHD. When I was uh, in a, in a elementary school, and third, um, I won a trophy from piano competition. You won a piano competition. Yeah. Where was that? 
I was back home in Korea. What, and what did you play? Was it like, a, like, like, is this like classical music? Yeah, classical. I can't quite tell whether that yeah was, oh, yes, he helped me with my own lie there. Um, <laughs> okay, so calligraphy tied to ADHD. Graphic design, your first choice. I mean, it's hard to question that one. You're really good at graphic design, but the reason you said that was your first choice makes me feel like that's the lie because actually it wasn't and you always wanted to do something else. So I'm going to say that's the lie. Well done. Yes. <laughs> so what was your first choice? I wanted to be an architect ah. when I was in high school. Oh, there we go. But you ended up doing graphic design with architects. Yeah, graphic design wasn't even a second choice. It was, <laughs> it was a third. What was the second choice? Interior designer. Nice. Linked, I guess. Actually, it's interesting because, you know, graphic design being your third choice, uh, I introduced you as an art director. Like, when you're marketing yourself, like, how do you get, how do you, what do you call yourself? Like, do some people need an art director, <laughs> but some people need a graphic designer? Like, is it a tricky situation or is it, no, I'm this? Yeah, it's a really good question, but um, I don't know how many of people actually can um, empathy on this uh, with me. But I had a really trouble of introducing myself. Um, when I did um, copywriting for my website, it took days and weeks and kept changing like every month <laughs> and chasing my um, uh, native British uh, like uh, friends and English speaking friends. Uh, please tell me how this sounds. Because of the website, for example, was quite generic place, uh, people getting to know me and my work, I wanted to kind of introduce me kind of generic way. Um, but I don't, I wasn't sure whether, <laughs> um, same way for the Instagram bio, <laughs> um, whether this is enough. So, and recent month uh recent six months i wanted to establish photography as a my side profession brand photography so okay do you know i think our director probably the best way and i must say our director or creative director that kind of um let's say hierarchy or title or system like it traditionally comes from advertising industry, which uh, graphic design highly kind of integrated. Now, digital environment is another strong market or place or sector. They don't really call it that way. They, they don't really call designers an art director or creative director in their, in their field. And advertising or digital are not my strongest or my main field either so oh my god so it's just um so i went on creative lead or senior designer uh, just graphic designer an art director or design director so many choices <laughs> um however i've decided to wear those masks uh, when I need it. I just accept it. Okay, well, I don't have to be defined by one. I'm a just graphic designer. 
and everybody, even um, founder of Pantogram, uh, one of yeah, they were calling themselves as a graphic designer. Okay, uh, that's my profession. Um, however, when I work with a client, graphic design, I I introduce me as a director at uh, my studio. Then um, freelance is just. I'm a just graphic designer for freelance. Nice. So you, yeah, so you've got those options to call yourself a freelance graphic designer or to say I'm an art director for uh, EYC Design Studio. Yeah, it took a long time to call myself comfortable uh, calling me direct as a director. Mm. Um, but I've decided to do it because like, uh, when I was... Um, solving the client's problem and giving them a solution, it is definitely directing at some sort art direction or design direction. Um, so I should be director for that. Mm. Um, and then when I'm freelancing, well, if I call it as a like turn up some like a workplace and then hi, I'm director. Uh, so that is just a little bit um, over the top for me. So, um, okay, well, um, I'm a graphic designer. um, You know, there you booked. Um, But, you know, I can do this and that um, Yeah, when I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. Mm. So for the freelancing, title doesn't really matter because you deal with your day, you deal with your recruiter and and sort all the day rates and suddenly you're recruiting you really need to know your kind of real kind of experience and um you know because the recruiter would link the right jobs yeah and you started all of this because creatively it would help you do the stuff that you wanted to do but beyond the creativity are you enjoying it running your own business um well it's a interesting journey, but I would say um, <laughs> uh, I'm absolutely uh, happy that I've left my full-time work and doing this independently, and I'm still not thinking of coming back to a full-time job, and I'm actually thinking of turning all the uh, notification away. <laughs> Um, but I really wish that I had a like a design career way early, like even teen time. Um, the reason I was so passionate of enjoying learning like a Photoshop and the other programs when I was teen, because I was so like uh, so obsessed with this boy band, I wanted to create a poster for them. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> uh, really typical. Um, um, I, yeah, I wanted to communicate with the other fans to be recognised by my Photoshop skills and design skills. Um, I was just, when I was high school, I was just enjoying doing like a drawings and um, preparing getting into the art, uh, un- like art college or universities. Um so those times that I was like a sponge, um, but but I really wished I could have kind of 
try to look at that as a kind of business opportunity, like not like a huge, like making a lot of money by doing it, um, having a bit of a slightly business mindset at earlier on, like a teen age time could have shaped my design career in twenties and thirties, very, very different ways. Mm. I think so. Yeah. Like, uh, enjoying it, my, um, this, um, setting up my own business and running it. It's, um, it's fun and it's still exciting to be my own boss. Yes. So, <laughs> um, it's a, it's a quite a rocky journey, but I love being in a, uh, multiple places and, um, on several other uh, projects at the same time. And when I release my projects on my um, website or Instagram or LinkedIn, I'm so proud that that piece of work has my name on it. Mm. It's, um, I don't know. So you could say that that is a bit of a ego as a, like a lot of like a lot of creatives would have that, but it's 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 not that. It's just enjoying putting your work out there. That that I'm just um, so enjoy doing. So of course, getting a uh, like a commission work coming through, it's difficult, and then I can't really control of who contacting me for it but there's a few ways of doing it it's just um obviously referrals always um the best and the quality of the clients probably the best as well because they've heard my experience from somebody else um but secondly i try to build um the reputation like uh, via like magazines and talks and like a contribution as a like a writer, um, and online communities and so on. So it's like a casting a net uh, for fishing. So those kind of, um, let's say like a, not like a manipulation because it's a bit too strong uh, word for it. Um, uh, channeling, like sending a message to. Uh, like-minded people is what I'm trying to do and that's the kind of key of the success for me nice uh Erica if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance what would that be starting freelance early that's what I would say to younger myself even like five years earlier Technically, I couldn't do it um, for my visa issues um, in in the UK. So a lot of um, British friends who didn't really have this problem, they've asked me, oh, why now? Why freelancing now? Um, everybody's now looking for a um, full-time, full-time job um, as a lead um, and your experience. What would you leave? Um, but... They didn't really understand what it's like, like a working under a sponsorship by a company. You don't really have a freedom of independent, like work and side work and 
there's a limits of um, like a moving companies and it's not that's like a straightforward. So start freelancing early is uh, probably the best. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Erica, it's been so good to talk to you. Uh, go to beingfreelance.com. There will be links through so that you can check out Erica's work and what she's doing online. Find links to follow her on Instagram and the like and say hi. And, of course, also at beingfreelance.com, you'll find loads of other episodes. Remember, it doesn't matter what they do for a living. It's all about the being freelancer. Please do check that out. And if you're a freelancing parent, while you've got your phone out or whatever you're listening to this on, why not search for Doing It For The Kids? as well that's the other podcast i do for freelancing parents but for now erica thank you so much lovely talking to you and all the best being freelance thank you so much and thanks so much doing it you know for us oh my pleasure Yes, yeah, so there goes Erica. Hope you enjoyed that. Being Freelance is made by me, Steve Holland. I'm a freelancer like you. I do video and audio podcasts, things like that. And Being Freelance is what I created to help make me a better freelancer and to find other people to connect with. And I love that it helps so many other people around the world as well. If you want to support what I'm doing, you can do. Go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee. That's always appreciated. You can either make a monthly or one-off virtual top-up of my biscuit tin as I like to say so go to beingfreelance.com thanks to everybody who does that Uh, and of course as I mentioned go to beingfreelance.com and join in the community where you'll also find the course waiting for you if you know someone who's getting started being freelance it would be awesome if you check that out and also share it too okay I'm out of here you have a great week being freelance